1: Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm so glad you are tuning in today. In today's episode, you get to meet Tessa Ritchie. Tessa is a licensed therapist and a mom herself. We work together. She provides therapy to folks who reside in the state of California, specializing in supporting parents, individuals, and couples. She's trained in EMDR, and in today's episode, she is sharing a little bit about her own journey into motherhood and her own experience with postpartum anxiety, postpartum rage, and the challenges that her and her partner. Faced. Her and her partner are both therapists, and he was struggling with depression postpartum. She was struggling with anxiety, and I can relate to this. This was my own experience as well, actually, in my first postpartum with my partner. And as I know, and as she will express in this episode, Things are really tough when both parents are struggling. Communication is really rough around the edges. It's really hard to resolve conflict and feel connected when you're both struggling. In this episode, she shares with us why communication is so important, why it can be so hard, and offers tangible tools that she has walked through herself in her own lived experience in supporting her and her partner and reconnecting, feeling like they're on the same page again, and getting the support that they both really needed. All right, I'm so glad you're tuning in today. Let's dive in. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a mom to three and licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm really glad that you took the time to hold space for you by tuning in to today's episode. My hope with this podcast is to share conversations with experts from around the world and parents who've been through it so that maybe you feel a little less alone in your experiences and the messy side of being a parent and being a human, and so that you can walk away with supportive steps for what to do next. Listening to this episode is not a substitute for seeking support from a professional in your area. I believe that holding space and offering presence to both ourselves and others is truly one of the most meaningful ways that we can express care, and you are so deserving of that care. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi Tessa, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and have this conversation with me today, and just any chance I get. To spend time with you and connect, I am grateful for. So thank you so much. I'm
2: super happy to be here. Um, this is a dream for me to be on your podcast. Um, I've listened to many hours of it uh postpartum. And so to be on it and talking to you um is yeah, just a dream for me. So thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
1: I'm really excited to get a chance to hold space for you and your story today. I know any time that I've been able to share pieces and parts of my own experience postpartum, it's been like just another way in which I've made meaning of my experiences as a person, and so I'm honored to get to hold some of that space for you today. And how about before we dive into our topic, you share a little bit about yourself with the listener and we can both share how we know each other. Awesome. Okay.
2: So I just want to start off by saying I'm like a very average mom. Like I haven't written any books or like done anything like spectacular. I am literally like an average mom an average listener like I just happen to have my background specialty in counseling and in perinatal mental health but like I am very much relate to a lot of the moms that tune in and listen like a lot of the stuff that you talk about on your podcast was new information to me as a mom and so um yeah, I am, a, I am a licensed professional clinical counselor. And so um, I do do therapy with individuals and couples and have been doing therapy for about 10 years. Um, I got my master's in mental health counseling um, and behavioral medicine at Boston University. Um, I worked in trauma for a good deal of my career. So I, I really didn't have a ton of experience working with, um, parents or, um, you know, moms in general, I, I wasn't a mom yet. And so I really just, that door just wasn't open for me, um, early on in my career, I started to work with some moms, um, mostly teen moms. I was working in, um, trauma work, working with survivors of sex trafficking, um, minors that had been survivors of sex trafficking, And a lot of them um, were teen moms. And so I started to see kind of what that experience was like. But at a much different level, um, just the resources just weren't there for them and the support um, wasn't there. And so I was starting to get a little bit more interested when I started working with them and seeing just the struggles that they went through um, and just how difficult that time was for them. Um, but I still, it, it just wasn't my passion. Like my passion was trauma and my passion was working with families and stuff. Um, and then I became a mom and it just all changed for me. Everything changed. Yeah. Um, As you know, <laughs> being a mom changes everything. But I, what I wasn't expecting was just change my shift in clinical practice. And mm-hmm. even when I was pregnant, I just had this, almost like light or spark come alive in me. I was doing a lot of clinical supervision. So I was teaching um, students how to become therapists um, and I wasn't doing a ton of clinical practice. And I just was like, I want to jump back into this. Like I just feel this so deeply that I want to pivot what I'm doing and, you know, get back into, get back into working with, Um, pregnant folks, parenting folks, couples, individuals. Um, Yeah. And so I sort of took a deep dive into that. Um, I totally switched my career, what I was doing. I quit my full-time job um, and I started doing private practice and working specifically with perinatal population. Um, And that's kind of how I found you and the practice. Um, I was trying. I was just trying to learn as much as I could about mm. this mm-hmm. um, experience for other folks. Get trainings, and yeah, I stumbled upon your podcast, and it really helped me professionally, and it really changed my experience personally as someone going through postpartum.
1: Mm. I love that you are a mom and 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 I understand I totally understand what you mean by like average mom like I'm not like I'm not like writing books and right like you know and and I know that um yes I've had those people that have made meaning of their experiences and taken the route of making the choice to write a book as a way to support moms on the podcast and and the work that you do and I know what an incredible clinician you are in the feedback that your clients experience when they spend those 50, 45, 50 minutes with you in session and build that connection and receive that support, that the work that you're doing is so important, you know? Mm -hmm. And so – I don't know. Yeah. I just I just want to make sure that I that I name that. That like some yeah. some some folks, they their work becomes a book or their work becomes a course or their work becomes, right? Like what they do in their homes and the cycles that they break in their own homes. Mm-hmm. And um or this the the courageous step they take to ask for help and then and then some, you know, show up in those really vulnerable spaces with those who are suffering and struggling and needing that support and that's you that's
2: me (laughs) yeah i think i think for me like going back into the clinical space and you know really working with these folks i just understood them on a deeper level than i had with any type of client before um and it just, like, we, sh- we shared this language of, like, what we were experiencing. And obviously, you know, the focus is on my clients and what they're experiencing. But having somebody who's gone through it and can, they can really say, like, oh, you get it, right? Um, I think that was really powerful for me and made me feel really like I was, you know, helping folks. Um, cause postpartum was not easy for me. Pregnancy was not easy for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that, yeah, it just really changed the way I interact with everybody in my life.
1: Yeah. Can we, can we dive into that a little sure, bit? Sure. And I'd love to hear you share whatever you feel ready and comfortable sharing about your story and about your journey into motherhood.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'll jump into like the postpartum period because that was where i I think I experienced the most difficulty or the most changes. Um, it's honestly, I was trying to think about what to say here because a lot of it is blurry for me. A lot of it, like I was in such a so, fog. So during that time. Yeah. yeah, like it's hard to remember. I knew like day to day was a big struggle. But now looking back, like, it's hard to pinpoint, like, what exactly was so hard about that time for me. Um, But when I think about it, like, it just was this huge shift that literally changed every single aspect of my life. Like, from one day to the next, everything about my life was different. My body, my mental health, my career, my marriage, my self-worth, my confidence, my finances, my autonomy, like everything that was me was all of a sudden shifted.
1: Hey there, I hope you are enjoying the episode so far. There is something that my husband and I both agree on, and that is our love of Cozy Earth loungewear. I first discovered Cozy Earth in my most recent postpartum experience, so back in 2020, And I was an instant fan, loved the material. It was so soft, so breathable, so comfortable and really easy now to transition from hanging out at home to going and picking up the kids to recording podcast episodes. (laughs) I'm a huge fan. And my husband, I remember us, we were hugging and he was like, oh, that feels really nice. And he kind of felt the material that I was wearing. It was a cozy earth pajama set. And so then I got him some loungewear from their men's line and he wasn't sure at first because I'm always cold and he runs really hot. And somehow their responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo material works for both of us. So Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today, 35% off site-wide when you use the code Doctor Cassidy 35 Go check out their lo- their loungewear at cozyearth.com and use that code Detrickasti thirty five. I really think you'll love it. And
2: it just felt like I had zero control, zero like timeline of like you know when is this going to shift back, zero structure. Um, and I very much thrive on <laughs> control and structure and um, certainty, and so.
1: I can't relate to that at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, same.
2: Yeah, so it was just like I just didn't know how, how to be in that space, especially I think you know for a lot of folks um, that de- that decide to become parents. Um, we've had a lot of structure in our lives. Like there's a lot of, um, you know, success at work or success, um, within our marriage or, you know, our relationships. And we basically think like, okay, well, if I work hard enough at this thing, then, you know, things will happen and, and it will be successful, you know, quote unquote successful. Um, but then we don't think about there's this like X variable, which is the baby that is just like, it's uncontrollable, right? Like we can't control that variable. And so we're equating success with something that is just like uncontrollable and and that really hit my like self-esteem, my self-worth. Like it just felt like I was doing everything wrong all of the time. Um, but it just was that I have this like thing that I couldn't control. Account for and control for in my equation. (laughs) And so, yeah, I really, it it was difficult for me. Um, Another part that made this difficult was I did experience postpartum anxiety, and it really manifested in postpartum obsessive compulsive disorder for me. Um, I had lots of intrusive thoughts about something happening to me, my child, my husband. Lots and lots of them, and they were very uncontrollable and they were very distressing. Um, and I just didn't know what to do about it, um, which feels scary as a therapist because it also feels like, oh, I should know what to do about this. Like I've helped people
1: with this uh, before. The shoulds, the shoulds, the <laughs> <in which> <laughs> shit should, should all over ourselves. Yeah, that.
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, Felt very isolated. I felt very alone. I felt like I didn't. Even though like it was so helpful to have mom friends, and I think that really helped me a ton to feel supported. Everybody's postpartum experience is different. Like even if I had somebody that said, "Oh yeah, I have those thoughts too," their thoughts could be totally different than mine, or like what they focused on. And so I never quite felt um, like fully understood in this space. Um, and so I think the podcast really helped me with that because I could like go through the topics and identify like, oh, this is what I'm really feeling and experiencing. And I could listen to people talk about that and give words to exactly what I was experiencing. And that made me feel, a lot less alone. Um, it made me feel understood and seen. And I think that was the big thing for me that was so hard is um, I just didn't feel understood or seen at the time that I was postpartum. And so I think that really helped me. Um, and so then I started following you on on you know social media and all that. And then you... Asked for a therapist to join your practice. And um, (laughs) I was like, Oh, what a, you know, how silly I'll just, I'll just, you know, apply to this and I'll never hear from her. And I, I swear when the email
1: responded, (laughs) I "Hmm."
2: I was like, is this a robot? Like I'm actually talking to her. Like I had a major professional Therapist crush on you?
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> Even well, when
2: I was like going in the, the, in crush the interview,
1: is now, yeah, <laughs> all you had to do was work out because yeah, I got your email and I remember um, just being immediately struck just through the words you had typed out. Um, that what what really kind of came through was like this deep um, understanding of mm-hmm. the challenges within the motherhood experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the um, the willingness to embrace like your humanness, right, mm-hmm. in this. Um, yeah. And I just, I know from my own work and not every therapist takes the same approach and gosh, like I know I'm not the right fit for everybody. And like, mm-hmm. thank goodness there's diversity within the mental health mm-hmm. field and providers. But one of the ways in which I have like, began – started to connect with my clients and integrate into my work was, like, I'm also going to show up as a human being that, yes, has training and, yes, has um, things that I can bring, right, and tools that I can bring into those sessions. But, like, first and foremost, like, we're we're two human beings connecting in a season that is really, really hard Mm -hmm. that is also really, really precious and important to us. And, you know, and it's it's interesting because I think when I was being trained initially, I didn't feel like I could show up as a human being, and that's right. why like even getting on social media was like terrifying at right. first. Um, but I, I'm it. It really came through that you aligned with that approach, and I thought, hey, if people are reaching out to me because they there's some part of there's some part of them that's connected um, to something that I have, you know scared, scaredly put out there, right, in hopes that it would help one person, then, then I think they might connect with her too. And that's mm-hmm. been the case for sure. And, and you bring your own magic to the work too. Um, and so I am so excited to get a chance to give you this space for the listener to hear things that you're saying that resonate. Cause I mean, so much of what you shared resonated with me too. And, and you're right. There's so so much of it feels like a blur. And as you were talking, it was like bringing forward for me some of the more specific pieces of what felt so hard, right? Like I had, I had learned how to achieve things. If I worked hard enough, studied hard enough, right? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, then, and then, and push aside my needs, right? For that, yeah. period, that, that like mm-hmm. big push, then I would succeed and I'd get the benefits of that success, whatever I had decided that was going to, what, what the right. benefits were. And then, and then I'd have some margin and some space, right? Like spring break or, right? Like a weekend mm-hmm. to like <laughs> decompress and like, you know, feel like myself again. And, and it still wasn't a good cycle, it was still a cycle oh. that I, I really needed help. Shifting, but that was there was still that space. And then I becoming a mom, and all of a sudden, where is that space? Right. And mm-hmm. something that you named was like that not knowing what the timeline was, right? Like, mm-hmm. when is when is this project due so that I can get yeah. my grade and know that I'm doing a good job? And then yeah. like moving on. And and I think that's why we become so obsessed. I know for me, I became so obsessive about. The routine and the schedule mm-hmm. and the feeding and yeah. the milestones and the sleep yeah. routine and the sleep and like when as soon, as soon as we get to this milestone, then then I'll know yeah. that like I did this right, I did a good job, yeah. and oh my gosh, and I just kept reaching for that, and then I realized I was not present, and that felt like a shame spiral, and mm-hmm. oof, yeah, yeah, it's
2: so complicated. There's so many. Th- layers of it and like I worked in complex trauma like the the work that I did before I came into the perinatal mental health field was complex intense trauma and this like just was so insane to me like the the the, the perinatal field is so to me, in my head, was so much more complex. Maybe because I was experiencing, and I had an experience what these other folks had experienced. Um, but there was just so many layers, and that was why I think, which is another part that we'll talk about, is like why my marriage struggled so mm-hmm. much part. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know how to explain what was going on for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go to give it words. I didn't have. I didn't have the mental energy or like space to even name what was happening. Um, yeah. And that like just significantly contributed to the space I was in and like the way that I was feeling and like my postpartum anxiety and, and postpartum struggle, um, which they've done like research on that, you know, having, you um, a supportive partner and like somebody who really gets it yeah. and understands is super, um, helpful for, you know, warding off postpartum depression and anxiety. Yeah. Um, and in like a twisted a part, the more that the, you know, birthing person is feeling postpartum depression, the more likely their partner is going to feel depression. So you're in this oh. cycle of like, oh like everybody's feeling depressed and anxious and like you're just feeding off of each other and that was very much the dynamic me and my partner had during that time um he struggled with postpartum depression I struggled with postpartum anxiety definitely struggled with postpartum rage um and also the obsessions and compulsions and so it was just a very difficult time for us we just didn't have space to see each other like which is so hard cuz that's all you want during that space is to like feel validated and like understood and seen and supported and like we just couldn't give that to each other and it just spiraled like we re- we just couldn't get out of it right like we just could not get out of it um and so I think that really contributed to also, like, my experience part yeah. postpartum.
1: So one of the things that I love about your work and your skills is your ability to kind of bridge that those, those personal pieces and experiences that bring that deep empathy and understanding to, okay, now how can we make this – like, how can we begin to really make sense of this and, like h- – practically make a shift and change some of these cycles. And so talk to me a little bit about why communication in postpartum. Why specifically communication in postpartum is so hard, right? Like you named how mm. protective it is to have a, a supportive partner and a strong a strong partnership. And it's right. like I I knew, I knew that data. Right. And then, <laughs> and then and then I was like, "Wait, but now we're like in this shit storm together in this like really like oh, nasty cycle of yeah. my husband my husband also experienced postpartum depression and i also experienced mm-hmm. postpartum anxiety mm-hmm. and it's like we are so swept up in this that it was really hard for us as out, outside of eventually getting support same here though mm-hmm. the like i should know how to fix this myself right. which was not true right like I'm a human being. I also need support. But it took us a while to get that support. Anyway, back to the question of, like, why is communication specifically so hard in postpartum?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we we knew it, too, going in. So, like, around, like, 67% of couples report a decline in their relationship happiness for up to three years after the birth of their first child. Um, so we knew, like, we were – you know, this is going to take a hit and on the back, get on the back seat. Um, and the funny thing is not that funny, but my, my husband and I are both therapists. So my husband's a clinical psychologist. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. Yeah. And um, so we were like, oh yeah, we, we got this in the bag. Like we right. know, how to the we're both therapists. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be hard, but it's not going to impact us the way that we've seen other folks be impacted. Um, and maybe that was like part of what was so difficult about it. Like having this expectation that it, it wasn't going to be, um, you know, what we had seen and then it was. And so, you know, there's also that f- sense of um, failure or, you know, what did, what did we do wrong? Um, but I think, I think, we're also very different people. So my husband's a behaviorist. He is like, um, you know, if I'm saying like, oh, I'm I'm so exhausted. I'm like feeling a lack of support. He's like, oh, well, let's go hire a babysitter. He's like solution focused, <laughs> like let's figure out the problem. <laughs> and I'm very emotion focused. So I'm like, no, I just want I just want validation. Like I want you to see me and like here when I'm feeling. I don't want you to try to fix it unless I'm you know directly asking for that. Um, and so. We were just like totally missing the mark in communicating yeah. and, and like t- time after time after time. And we just like weren't hearing each other's perspectives. Um, Again, like I couldn't explain what I needed or wanted. I just didn't have the capacity to like be logical. I think like I was. <laughs> <Yes>. well, <laughs> Postpartum yeah. Postpartum rage and like the hormones, like the yeah. lack of sleep. Like it's, it's, it's gray. um, And I just – I wasn't kind in that time. Like, I, I'll be very honest. Like, I, I – my postpartum rage, like, was specifically towards my husband. And, like, mm-hmm. I would literally feel it coming and, like, feel the meanness and mm-hmm. whatever bubbling up. And I just couldn't stop it. And, like, I would just say things that I didn't mean and – You know, it would go back and forth like that Um, and not in like a abusive way because obviously those types of relationships are a different experience and, you know, you would have specific help for that type of relationship for sure. Um, But ours was just, we were roommates and we were just Mm. roommates that weren't getting along. It was just so tense, right? Mm. Um, And... It just felt like, um, it felt very lonely. It felt very isolating and and sad. And I think that was why, like, and I think at the bottom of it was that we just couldn't communicate. Like, it was just so hard. We were just in our own pain and in our own grief around, Mm -hmm. like, what we had expected parenthood to be, what we had expected, you know all of these things to look like and the loss of identity and the loss of our, you know, felt like our, our partnership. Um, and it just started like piling on and piling on. And, um, yeah, Yeah. we just didn't, we just didn't have that communication. Mm -hmm. And then, um, it just, there was so much things like, as you know, and as, as I'm sure lots of your followers know that resentment starts to crop up in the comparison of what I'm doing and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't feel fair. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I came back to that a lot of like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I, I carried the baby. I birthed the baby. I'm feeding the baby and like, it just didn't feel fair. There, there wasn't like, he didn't, he didn't have that ability. Right. (laughs) So like he just didn't, he didn't, wasn't able to do those things. And still in my mind, I couldn't let go of that. Um, I just wanted him to know what it felt like. And um, so that just like gave in and we started to experience what, what is termed as negative sentiment override, which is basically like even when my partner was saying positive or neutral things, like, what do mm-hmm. we have for dinner? Um, I mm-hmm. would take it negatively. I would see it in a negative light. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hear, what are you making for dinner? Or like, "Be mm-hmm. you have service? Like, do something. You should have planned this, right? Like, he didn't say that at all, but that was just mm-hmm. what I heard. Um, and again, that's why, like, the communication is so important because it's also, like, what are you hearing what are you perceiving like and what is the ac- other person actually saying like what yes. are they really trying yeah. to share with you um and that was where I think like we struggled the most in that area and where you know I talk about like things that helped but that was where like we got the most help is like really hearing and perceiving like what the other person was saying
1: Coexist is the app that's revolutionizing how couples manage the mental load of household tasks and childcare. It's like having a personal assistant right in your pocket, helping you and your partner effortlessly share tasks, plan meals, collaborate on lists, and even give each other kudos along the way. Here's the cherry on top. For my amazing community, Coexist is offering an exclusive deal. Sign up for a two-week free trial before June 15th, and you'll get 15% off the annual plan on iOS with the code DRCASSIDY15. So what are you waiting for? Really, take that first step towards a more harmonious home life today. Download Coexist on Android or iOS at getcoexist.com. Some of the things that you named in terms of why communication feels so hard postpartum, sleep deprivation, the huge identity shift, and just like with that, all the new tabs open that the brain is trying to like figure out what it means and like what the role is and how to do it, right? So there's just kind of like a tab brain overload. And then there can be the fairness factor in that, right? Like who is carrying this this new role who feels like they're caring too much, um, there's all – I mean, and the sleep deprivation, just we always have to come back to it because it, like, just makes mm-hmm. everything rough around the edges. Like, the impact it literally has on the part of our brain that, like, can think rationally and communicate effectively is, right. is really impacted when we're not right. getting restorative sleep. There's mm-hmm. also – just the ways in which becoming a parent, right, like brings forward so many more opportunities to make decisions where you're having to face communication Mm -hmm. and old trauma, right? That like becoming a parent can't – it could be old trauma or new trauma, right? Like I experienced birth trauma with my first and just how um, hypervigilant I was and my like startle response and how everything was kind of seen as a threat because of my body responding to the trauma – and another thing that happened in becoming a parent is my my husband, who has who's neurodivergent and has ADHD and sensory processing mm-hmm. challenges, he had found a way to kind of you know manage that. But then becoming a parent mm-hmm. added a lot new a lot more opportunities to feel sensory overload, um, as well as like you know in moments when when we're trying to communicate and he is overloaded, and he wants the conversation to end because he's not feeling focused. It's feeling like too much, right? right? Like there would be like an impulsivity that would come up and he'd say something to just make it stop. Right. And instead of either of us really understanding or having a generous interpretation of the context of what the other was going through, Mm -hmm. it was, it was more reactive, right? Um, because of because we were also sleep deprived while we're also right. like while, while our brain is also trying to like process all the new things that are happening. So it's just it's a lot. Um, I would love to hear from you now, like you know you, you mentioned like the intent versus impact piece, right? Like being able to pause and give each other a generous interpretation and mm-hmm. look at and check in on intent, you know. Mm -hmm. um intent when an impact was a certain thing for you just to slow down that conversation um i'd love to hear more from you around what we can be doing to shift the cycle because we're always in a cycle sometimes a cycle leads to that kind of like resentment overload right where we're looking at everything through that negative lens Mm -hmm. and then there have been times with my husband where you know, we're feeling really connected and he might say something and I'm so much more easily able to access like a generous interpretation of his, what he meant there or to like check in or to like repair and apologize, right? Right. Like, So how do we shift to a more um, adaptive, connected cycle?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think something that helped my husband and I was getting our own therapy, Um, you know, getting that space to feel completely understood um, for what we were going through and validated. And I think that's like the biggest, you know, I'll talk about a couple of stuff, but I think, you know, for anybody listening, like if you resonate with any, you know, of the experiences we've talked about or anything, you know, on, on your, your social media, your um, podcast about the postpartum experience, like get support, like get, therapy, get, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but get somebody to talk to you today about like what you're feeling and what you're going through. Um, you know, I, I know sometimes that can feel super overwhelming. I I would probably assume like a vast majority of my clients, um, don't reach out for help until months after they've been experiencing um, some of these feelings. Um, but I would just really encourage folks to to get the support um, and that there are places that they can get support um, that that can help with that process. Um, but I know for me and my and my husband that that was super important for us just to get our own individual therapy um, and you know, that was, that was, I think, a shifting point for us to start to feel understood, start to have some language around what we were experiencing, have some validation, and then start to implement some of the skills. Um, if both partners are willing, like couples therapy can be extremely helpful as well. Um, I think it can be just a a nice place to have some safe space to kind of talk about some of the things that we experienced during this time. Um, Especially if you're talking with somebody trained in, in couples therapy or in perinatal mental health Um, again, to have almost like a, referee to kind of like Mm -hmm. jump in and name what's happening right it's so hard when you're in that space in that moment to slow down and name what's happening but when you have another person in the room like it can be extremely beneficial for that um and some of the things that you know I use with couples and you know that I we started to use for ourselves um were things like um what we call a state of the union. So basically like spending specific time, you know, for us, it was once a week, but where we would sit down and like have time dedicated to ourselves to kind of go over some questions that we identified were important to us. So like, you know, it can be simple as like, how was your week? Or like, what was, what were struggles for you this week? Or how did you feel like I supported you or didn't support you this week? Um, but it was a space where we could, both dedicate to our relationship and, um, give it the time that it needed. Why this is helpful is because a lot of the time, like when we get in that roommate phase, we get out of the like friendship and like love phase of our relationship. And this helps us kind of like get back into that, like get back into seeing your partner as, um, your teammate, as your partner, um, kind of getting to know their day-to-day feelings and inner workings um, that helped us a lot. Cause it's a lot, it was a lot harder for me to um, get mad at him when I knew what was going on under the surface um, for mm-hmm. him. And so having these check-ins were really important for us. Um, we didn't have the space or time to do like date nights or anything like that at that point in time. Right. Um, but we did have time for like a 20 minute check-in once a week. And I think that Mm -hmm. started to get us back into that space of, again, seeing each other as partners or teammates. Mm -hmm. Um, And that shift felt really important for both of us to Mm -hmm. be able to kind of move into working on our relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that um, vulnerability was like, one of the most scary things to embrace and ended up being right and i think it feels like it feels to us like a like risky right like what if like things feel so tense and what if i soften and mm-hmm. embrace vulnerability right um, with my partner, and then what if they like use it against me? Like, what if I apologize for something and they just like snap back? And mm-hmm. and I remember that stood in the way for me for so long to yeah. like soften and 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 share with him what was like underneath my anger. And obviously, there were also steps of like for me even figuring out what is underneath my anger, right? right, right? Um, yeah. Or like the root of some of my fears that would were leading to like irritability, for example. And so therapy became mm-hmm. a really great place to first personally identify like what was underneath going on underneath mm-hmm. and how certain things that he was doing was was, was triggering that right and then mm-hmm. and I'd respond and react and then that would trigger him and the cycle continues and and then taking and then figuring those things out with support and then taking the meaningful risk of of softening mm-hmm. with vulnerability yeah. um, became a. a Became its own sort of cycle, right? Because as soon as I do that, it, it it did it did create an opportunity for him to put down sure. some of his own defensiveness, right, or armor, um, yeah. and and gosh, then that becomes its own cycle. Um, yeah. That with time and more of those sort of like positive, more positive, safe interactions with each other, we were able to find each other again,
2: right. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, that's the tricky part about it is like you go first. No, you go first. Like you want <laughs> you you yeah. want it like okay, if you are soft to me, then I'll be soft to you, right? But we want the other person to go first. Cause yeah. we have the background of like, well, I'm dealing with all of these things, like, you know, again that unfairness thing. But for me, if I wanted my partner to understand what it was like. Like I had to also be willing to understand what this experience was like for him, Mm -hmm. which felt really difficult for me. Um, but I think that was like, what was the most helpful for, for me and an exercise that I'll do with clients, um, is called dreams within conflict, um, which is, uh, Gottman therapy. So I'm trained in, in Gottman therapy for, um, couples work and, um, when we do dreams within conflict, we're basically identifying, like, okay, we have this conflict, we have this thing that keeps coming up for us, but a lot of the time, like it's what we're seeing from our partner's perspective is this superficial thing. Um, mm-hmm. and the superficial want or need from them. Um for example, my husband loves surfing. Um, he's an avid surfer and he would go surfing. And for me, I identified that as like, oh, you don't want to spend time with me or the baby, or like you're skirting your responsibilities mm-hmm. as, a, as my partner or dad, whatever. Um, once, I, once we identified the dreams within the conflict, so for him, the important part of, of surfing was that he connected with nature, that it was kind of like a, a sense of spirituality yeah. for him. Um, and this was just this important thing. It wasn't just a hobby for him. like It yeah. was very yeah. important for him. It was a value for him. And once I was able to understand that value underneath this thing, I had so much more empathy for when he would want to go. Like this was when he would recharge. This was when he would be able to get that space and connect to himself and connect to a higher power. Um, and he would come back feeling like much more rejuvenated and, you know, wanting to, to give to me as well. Um, and so for him, like I was able to explain, you know, what was going on underneath, like for me, it was that feeling of what came up was feelings of abandonment or, you know, unfairness. And so I, what was important for me is that I had, um, you know, him to be able to say, I see you and like the you know, I want to spend time with you and like, you know, give me those, those verbal affirmations. And that mm-hmm. was what I needed. Yeah. And so once we could understand like what was underneath some of this, it helped us a lot um, to be able to understand each other's perspectives, mm-hmm. right? Like if we had just never had this conversation and never identified what was the underneath for us, we would have just kept going back and forth because we, it just would have stayed on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where a, a lot of fights happen um because we only see the the other person's surface experience Mm -hmm. right um we don't understand like what's underneath it a common one that i see with clients is like um they don't like you know a partner might not like how they clean the bottles i I hear that all the time (laughs) Um, and you know to a partner who's cleaning the bottles they think well like what's the big deal right it's like just a bottle but for somebody who's experiencing maybe like postpartum OCD or the obsessions or they're worried about like the how it might inter like impact the baby and their health like this is like such a bigger thing than just the bottles mm-hmm. um and so what we try to do in couple's therapy is like what's underneath this what is like the dream or the value or the fear that's really underneath this so we can kind of get that um acknowledgement of those spaces. And that, that was really helpful for us. And I know it was helpful for a lot of my clients to be able to have that empathy
1: for their partner. I love that. I love the, the tangible piece of that, of just kind of, and, and the examples you gave, right? They're so relatable. So when it comes to reaching out for support, I know you, Tessa are you accept new clients you're working with clients Mm -hmm. so if folks reside in the state of california we have a virtual group practice so we can see folks who live in the state of california because that's where we are licensed you do you do have one day a week where you do some in-person sessions Mm -hmm. too here in san diego yeah and if anyone listening you know lives in california or is in san diego and you're hearing tessa talk and you're like oh my gosh she gets it, <laughs> like, I I want to have this conversation with my partner, um, or I want to understand some of these things within myself for more of an individual basis right now, then you can ch- check out the link in the show notes where you can get in touch with us, with me, and I could, I could send that intro email so you can connect with Tessa as well. I so appreciate you coming on, Tessa, and sharing pieces of yourself and your story. And it's it's incredible to witness the ways in which you have made meaning of your experience and translated it into the work that you do today that is so empowering for the parents that you work with. And, and I know that from all of the feedback I receive and just being able to be in conversation with you and be connected to you. So I'm so glad that you (laughs) sent that email and applied and it was um, one of the easiest choices I've ever had to make. Um, Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for joining me today and for being a part of um, the team and the mission
2: here. I appreciate that so much and just appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak to folks that are, are listening, speak to you um, about like, yeah, how to get help and that there is so many tools and so much support out there for folks um, who are wanting, um, you know, to feel better and and that there's hope out there for yourselves, for your relationships um, and that, you know, if if we don't have the support, like we can guide you to somewhere to get the support. We just want folks yeah. to, to experience the support during this time. And so, yeah, I'm 100%. so grateful to be here. And um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity.
1: I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when future episodes air and go and explore some of those past episodes. Maybe there's a topic in there that you've really been wanting to learn more about. You can learn more about my private practice as well as my parenting courses and workshops at the link in the show notes. You held space for yourself today. You carved out the time and you tuned in to this episode. I hope you take a moment to honor how meaningful that is. Yes, to me, for sure, but also for you. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.